We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. Coming at you on a Wednesday. Uh, it is the day after Game 1 of the NBA Finals. However, um, you won't hear anything about that for me or on this episode because uh, I am recording this intro um, a few hours before Game 1 um, tips off. So... Uh, hopefully it was a good game. Hopefully it'll be a good finals. Uh, I can't really say that I care too much about what happens in this. I know, you know, I'm sure there are, there's some sentiment for Chris Paul. Um, you know, Monty Williams, once a Nick, always a Nick, I guess. Bobby Portis, does he fall in the same, same category? I, I don't know. Six of one, half dozen of the other for me. Um, anyway, so, uh, no real news going on either, uh, in terms of, player stuff, rumors, any of that. It's kind of quiet right now. I expect some more free agency and and trade stuff to heat up once the finals are over and obviously all the draft stuff will be uh ramping up. And uh to that end, we're going to be actually uh ramping up our own draft coverage on here over the weeks to come. We already have a couple people lined up where we're going to talk about some specific prospects. We're going to get a couple more draft ex- experts on. Um and our draft conversation actually uh Starts today with this episode. So today is actually part two of a crossover that we did with the Strickland guys, uh, Schwinn, who is everybody knows Schwinn, um, and Prez, who uh, is the Strickland's draft expert. They came on along with me and Jeremy Cohen and uh, Andrew Cohen, uh, Andrew uh, Claudio. 
Uh, excuse me, Andrew, uh, makes a guest appearance as well towards the end. So the the first part of this episode, if you want to go over and check out the uh, Pod Strickland feed, we talked uh, a little bit of Dame, uh, a little bit of you know Dame trade stuff, and uh, we talked some some Knicks. Nick's free agency. On this episode, we're going to be talking some Nick's draft. Uh, we had a very good conversation about some guys they might be looking at. Um, and we talked some all, all-time NBA because I had a few takes a couple of weeks ago within the last week, maybe. I don't know. I've lost all track of time um, about where I would put a certain Kevin Durant on my all-time list. And, and apparently my take was met with some dissent by uh, some of the folks who who may or may not be appearing on this podcast. And uh, as is often the case with conversations about all-time NBA rankings, this one veered off into all manner of different directions. Uh, it was a fun time. There was a little bit of yelling and screaming, but I actually think we, we kept it mostly civil, considering the, the people that were on the pod. Um so that is what is coming at you on this episode. Uh, as always, I, I should say this more, but I don't. Um, if you like the show and you're not subscribed, uh, please subscribe. Uh, if you want to give us a rating, uh, please give us a rating. If it's a good one. If it's a, if, if you're inclined to not give us a good rating, maybe just set that one out. But if you want to give us a rating and you like the show, by all means, uh, if you want to leave a review, even better. Um, you know, part of the reason that we're able to dedicate as much time to all of this as we are is because of uh you know the generosity of people with their time who who do leave reviews and and help uh keep the next film school podcast up on the um what the ratings boards rankings boards i don't know whatever just get more people to listen to it um and the wonderful circle of life anyway that's enough for me let's get to uh the Conversation that I had once again with Jeremy Cohen, Schwinn, and Prez. We're moving on to uh, point of contention uh, number three. Um, so this one, um, the draft. Um, so I feel like there's been some disagreements about the draft on Twitter. Um, I've, we've talked about the draft, honestly, not all that much on this podcast. Um, Prez, I feel like I feel like this is a good time to go back to you. Um, you, as the as the biggest draft expert here, um, I mean, I would like to jump in. <laughs> Prez, um, can you start us off with one truly terrible draft take that has upset you? You could say where it's come from. You, if you want to uh, pr- protect the innocent, you can. Why limit it to one? Give us your top three. I mean, whatever, whatever you got. I don't know, man. Uh, Davian Mitchell <laughs> top ten is probably the one that I keep seeing. And you want to talk about agents who putting in work. I got to look up if he's with CAA or whoever, because he is indeed with CAA. <laughs> there you go. Because that's they, they do good work, right? We know this. That's why we hired Leon out here, because um, he's proven out here. He's, he's not new to this. He's true to this. And Davian Mitchell has a fucking top 10 consensus. He's six feet tall. Who's his agent? Is- Macri? His agent is I, listen, I only represent himself. one client at a time. That's when you hire me, you will get the absolute it's like the 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 top car wash package. Are you Jerry Maguire in this case? <laughs> you just have I, Cuba Gooding Jr. and that's it. Damian Mitchell was like, show me the money. And I'm like, all right, I got you. Anyway, I'm so surprised you're not a Davion Mitchell fan. I, I like him, just not top 10. Like, like you can't tell, like a, a guard who's 
six six feet with a six four wingspan. Well, what about the shot? He's he's a, he's a point guard who could shoot, right? Yeah. So isn't well, that? I, I buy the three point shot, but he so he shot forty five percent from three. He's not a forty five percent shooter. He's not a bad shooter, but he also like he, he didn't clear seventy percent from the line. So like he's not a great shooter either. Like I think he'll be fine, but like you have to be a really good fucking shooter, or you have to be uncontrollably good at something else, like Sharif Cooper, for example, to be six feet and worth the risk like he's not a bad pick late in the latter half of the there's like literally 15 players i'd rather take with the knicks picks if not more okay. that being said like it, you could be reasonably take him like i'm gonna not go crazy in that half but like if i was a top 10 picking team like orlando or something and my team took mitchell i would be not pleased so let me, um, i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you one more and then we'll turn it over to uh to jeremy and schwinn um last year um, Grant Riller was your guy. You had oh, Grant yes. Riller. Pour some, out, pour, pour some out for uh, Grant Riller. Well, he's still uh, on a roster, right? I mean, in the G League. It's a roster. Yeah. I think um, he, he had some medical red flags, though, so I think that was... Uh, that did have yeah. a lot to do with yeah. it, supposedly. I mean, this is one of those, like, hearsay kind of things. Okay. Like, you can't Google that, really. But, like, supposedly he had some really bad knee issues. Okay. Um, well, that's something. And, and I mean... If you're going to suck on defense, you probably should not have medical issues. <laughs> I would say that's um, a good a good tip. Um, do you have someone of that ilk who is like you're way, 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 way higher on <laughs> this season than no, um, no one quite like Grant? I mean, there's like Sharif Cooper, but a lot of people are higher ish on him. Grant okay. Riller, it was just like me and a few other weirdos just on our island floating away. <laughs> <laughs> OK, Um Jeremy, if if um if the Knicks traded up from a philosophical perspective, the Knicks traded up to take a point guard who was an imperfect point guard, but who like showed some potential. Like let's say a Sharif Cooper or uh, Price. Give me one more guy. Uh, Jared Butler. Okay, Jared. Well, they probably wouldn't need to trade up for Jared Butler, right? Uh, maybe. A chance, maybe you never okay. know. Yeah, I don't know. Jared Butler. All the other guys is are probably. They don't probably don't need to trade up for any of the point guards, to be honest, including Sharif. Okay. Yeah, no, that's that's well, let's say okay. So let's say they they took one of these these players and, and made this pick. Um oh Josh Giddy, sorry. He's probably the one trade up guy. Prez loves him. I mean, <laughs> he's all right. I just don't think I think he's gonna be gone by the tenth pick, so I just haven't really like cared about him much. Um I have I need to do my homework on Josh Giddy. I have not done that yet. All I know is he can't he can't shoot. You don't um, do you're fine. Yeah, you have um, to. If you do it though, you have to say "giddy up," "giddy up" with yeah. the extra D yeah, with, the, with the yeah, with the E. Think, yeah, he has a great he accent. He has a great accent. Well, that's a plus. Um, so, Jeremy, um, if they did something like that, as opposed to taking like a safe wing like prospect who would be you know a nice cost control contract for the next four years, from like a team building perspective, would you would you think highly one way or the other, or would you kind of roll with whatever they decide to do? I'm really torn. I mean, at the end of the day, star talent is what's the most important. And if you can find someone with upside, at least, and with a safe floor, not like a Kevin Knox situation where you just pick someone because of their length and, you know, wingspan and ability to demolish a chair. Like their mediocre wingspan. Right. Or that. Yeah. Uh, You know, like the whole mindset of, of trying to find someone who, for example, when we talk about the star trade, 
you can then swap them in and swap someone else out, or you can do something along those lines. So I'd be fine with that. It's really just a matter of where their ceiling is going to be. I'm still very, I, I, I don't think that the Knicks are going to take a young guard, at least a young point guard based on the fact that it's like, okay, well, the Knicks have plenty of other guys or they should have other guys who can do that, who can be a, you know, a solid backup. I don't see Tibbs saying, hey, let's start the rookie guard. And if you have mm-hmm. Emmanuel quickly, who's able to start instead, which again, I'm still skeptical about, but who knows, then it's even less of a pathway. And it's how are you being helped? I think that what Tibbs said in terms of how they're looking for wings who can shoot, I think that's totally true. As others have pointed out, that's also what every NBA team is pretty much trying to do in the draft. But the idea of like, okay, let's just get cheap guys who can defend at a high level and shoot the ball well. And let's also try to do other big things. And then we keep that type of wing. Yeah. That's fine with me. But I guess if you're, if you're trading up, just make sure it's for someone really good. Like Walt Perrin has traded up twice. uh, At least when the jazz were the jazz once was for Darren Williams missed out on Chris Paul, but I'd say Darren Williams was still a pretty good pick. And the other time was getting um, Donovan Mitchell. I'd say that played out pretty well too. So I think if the Knicks trade up, it's because they really see this guy as star potential, not like, oh, he'll be a good rotation player moving forward. But uh, at the same time, if you can find safer options where you're at, I don't think that's the worst thing. Yeah, um, before uh, I'll throw it to you in a sec. I just You just made me think of something, which is that like, Everybody, all the all these totally plugged in people who obviously have Leon Rose's ear and he has theirs because he's just talking. All he does is talk Leon Rose um, who are like oh, the, the Knicks are going to trade up because they have three picks and they have like they want to get better and blah, 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 blah. It's like, has anybody considered the fact that like, what if they get to draft Matt and they're like, yeah, we don't think there's anybody worth trading up for. Do you think they're just going to like trade up to trade up because they don't like I have a feeling they'll figure out like we saw them do this last year. They kicked the can down the road. They traded whatever it was, 30, whatever the first, right. second round pick was for, for a future second. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's not like they can't do that again. Um, Shuen, you, you have any hot hot draft takes? Um, I don't think so. I've been pretty like open about the fact that I'm not giving a shit about the draft and I'm not knowledgeable about it. Um, there are certain guys I like, but I can't, uh, <laughs> I can't, uh, I can't say that I like, have some super awesome takes, but uh, I guess I would say that like, I'm pretty high on Trey man. Uh, I, yeah, you are. I don't know why anybody thinks like I watch him and I'm like, I think he could be, he should be a lottery pick. Um, I think he should be a top 10 pick. Like I, I'm pretty convinced by what I've seen of him, his statistical profile um, things he does. I know that people are concerned that he doesn't get to the rim so much that to me would worry me more if he didn't have, pull-up shooting ability from mid-range and from three-point range and had handles like he has everything you need to be able to get to the rim he just hasn't done it frequently um so that doesn't really worry me that much with him and um you know the passing needs to improve but it's not bad um like he can pass he's not an elite passer but he can definitely pass and i just look i'll i'll what i see when i see him is I see a guy who's going to average 20 points per game. Um, he's a guy I think like that's within, pretty hot take. I think within like three years, that's a guy who can two, three years, give him two, three years. I think that's a guy that can 
flip a playoff series for you. Um, so I'm I'm really high on Trey Mann. I think I'm like weirdly higher on Trey Mann than even Prez is, and Prez loves him. So I was I was about to ask as Prez, like, why isn't Trey Mann being talked about in the top ten? Because like, what that's the first that's the time this year where. I like watched whatever I watched of him and like I watched the shot the, creation on the perimeter. The last like, week I've just the been, handle the last week. I've just been DMing Prez like <laughs> all this stuff about Trey man. And then like, you know, like the, the star Wars scene where Palpatine is just like, good, good. That's Prez. Every time I send him something. About well, like Trey we man, just I saw like, Seth Curry dominate <laughs> a playoff, a playoff series on the offensive end. Um, and like, you're telling me like Trey man couldn't, I mean, I, I I know Seth Curry obviously is a really really great shooter, and there's nothing um, like that's not guaranteed for for man. But like Prez, why why don't you think he's getting more buzz? Uh, I think the at least on Twitter, I think the combine actually hurt him. Um, okay, why? Because of the the like the measurement stuff, or yeah, he's six four and changed with a six four and changed wingspan. Yeah. He's not he was jumping high as shit in some videos, but that's like empty runway jumps right like we okay. didn't see him really do that in the games and i don't i don't even remember if he did the like athletic measurements but like he's a small dude like he's he just grew this year from like six three to six five or whatever and he's not he's not exactly jacked out here so he's so he's not that athletic he's or in the traditional sense i guess like run and jump athleticism he's uh small ish and you know, he there's some concern over like similar with quickly to like what guard spot is he like? He's not going to run your offense, but is he if he's playing two guard, is he going to okay. be too little? And and there's actually two guys like that. Like Bones Highland is kind of in the same bucket. Like, Who's really he's now he's in like the 30s and 40s, right? In terms of where he's projected to go. Yeah, I think he I mean, I'm higher on man than him because of the handle, but bones handle is still solid. And, but like they're similar in that they're like nuclear pull-up shooters, combo guards. So I can tell you specifically, I think I, I told Prez this, but the reason I like Trey Mann a lot and why I think he is a scorer that can translate to like high leverage playoff basketball is his pull-up shooting. Like, like bones is pull-up shooting when I, I'm, I'm not claiming to be some, expert on shot mechanics or, you know, like I've deeply analyzed these guys. So if Prez wants to say you're an idiot, he can go for it. Uh, when I've watched, <laughs> you should Bones, say he's an idiot. Yeah, yeah. You should take the chance. Whenever you get the chance, do it. Um, but when I like, when I watch bones, I think the three point pull up shooting ability is real. Like I a hundred percent buy that. But I also think that like, I don't think of him. I don't think he has that ability to play, between the arc like uh, between the arc and the and the paint like where he can just operate at a mid-range and create pull-ups from that zone i don't see that in him when i watch trey man i see a guy you get like if like for example in that hawk series if the hawks tried to hide trey young on him yeah you can't that's a that's a like that that's like a 35 piece he's just gonna cook him he if you put a big on him he can get to his pull up whenever he wants and i think he'll be able to eventually leverage that to get to the rim like i just see a guy who he'll probably struggle if you put the Kawhi leonard's the paul george's those type of big wing defenders on him but i think he can figure it out and i just see a player that like if you can score like that um i'm sorry like that's the that that is the single greatest skill in basketball yes. iso scoring um three level scoring all that and i see trey man um and look i'll probably end up being wrong because i'm an idiot when it comes to most things especially the draft but when i see him i see a guy that like 
I don't want to say he's playoff proof, but I just think that his game translates to those high leverage situations really, really well. And I would be like, if he's there at 19, I would love if the Knicks took him. I am very, very, very high on. If the Knicks take Trey, man, our draft coverage is going to be fucking off the chain, just complete (laughs) delusion. And if the Knicks, by some miracle, take Trey Mann and Sharif Cooper, I'm just going to fucking retire from writing and ride off into the sunset. If they did, that would be something if they did that. Um, I wouldn't do that. I would be upset if they did that. I, 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 if you, to me, it's like you can pick one. Yeah, that would be a, you can't diversify your assets. Yeah, unless, unless you're Prez. If Prez is like actually Leon Rose in disguise, okay, then I might respect it. But like, (laughs) I don't, I don't like, Take one or the other and then just get me a wing. Like, just get me a wing. I need a wing in this draft. Um, I, I can't have them walk out of this draft without a wing. Unless, unless again, it's like something where they package up and they, you know, maybe, who knows? Like, the Sharif Cooper stuff, uh, he seems like he's picking up some steam, but that could also just be, like, combine bullshit that's being leaked out by his agent, um, who is not Jonathan Macri. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, like, if they... If they <laughs> not yet, not today. It is his dad, so I'm pretty sure it's not going to be Jonathan Macri. Right. Like I'm, I'm if, old. I'm not that old. Yeah, like, but if they if they consolidated their draft picks and they were able to move up, I know it's not going to happen, but if they, like, were able to move up for Jalen Green or something like that, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, like, they didn't do... Obviously, then you do that. But um, realistically, like, to John's point, I don't know what moves they can make to get far enough up in the draft to get a guy that they clearly think is better. Um, I know Jeremy's outlined like some, you know, nerd cap stuff they can do to get move up in the draft because he's a nerd and that's what he does. Um, What do I do? So Jeremy, actually, I want to finish with you because before we move on to our last point, um, if there was a trade on the table where they could move, uh, and let's say another team, you know, fell in love with somebody at 19 or 21 and traded with traded a future first round pick to the Knicks um, for that selection. Um, th- I don't think there's any scenario where a pick uh, would get traded by a team that would ever potentially become unprotected. If you're, if you're Brock Aller, where's your line in the sand? You're, do you need that pick to be like top? 10 protected at some point? Do you need that pick to be like top five protected at some point? What what kind of thing would, would you be looking to do if you were making that trade? So you're saying a team trades up to so a team, a team trade, a team will give the Knicks a future first round pick for let's say 19 or 21. Um, but obviously they're, they're not going to give an unprotected pick. They're going to give a pick with some kind of protections. What, what kind of protection? Right. But what are the Knicks getting in this? Are they just trading out or are they trading? They're up, just trading down, out. Trading yeah. They're out. just trading out. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'd probably be one of the teams that's towards the end of the lottery. Uh, no, and Lars, excuse me, end of the draft and the first yeah. round. Uh, probably one of those like Denver types. Um, or a I team mean, that I, doesn't even have a, a, a. There's some teams that don't have a first. I know. Right, and yeah. I'd be fine with the Knicks trading out. I think that could be smart, especially if your plan is more like, hey, let's let's get free agents uh, in the next year or two, and let's not trade for that player. Then that works out because then you add that salary in at a later point. Um, I'd love to see some trade up candidates as well in terms of, you know, if the Knicks can package 19 and 21 or 19 and 32, whatever it might be. But in terms of trading out, yeah, it has to be a, a compelling enough, like it'd probably be 2023 just based on how much the front office has gone in on that year versus any other year as significantly. I mean, maybe 2024, they've done, they've done a little bit, yeah. but they've circled that year for a reason, uh, Prez, is it still the double draft year? 
or is I don't that know. changed? It's that's up in the air, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not it's not confirmed. Well, it's the Bronny draft, so that's the big thing. Have to get LeBron James Jr. Then everything clicks into place from there. I w- we we could tab one of those twelve second rounders that Brock Aller stashed for the future w- for that. Yeah, I wonder if they would take a risk like. This would be a risk, obviously, for for both parties. But if the, if uh, it was like a mediocre organization, who was like, like maybe didn't expect to make the playoffs next year, and like next year the pick would be like lottery protected. The year after that, it would be like top ten protected, and then like the year after that, it would convert to two second rounders or something like that. Like something like where there's risk on both sides. Like I wonder if if uh, Aller would engage in in something like that. I don't know. Uh, just a just a thought. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Let's finish up with everybody's favorite um, NBA player, Kevin Durant. Um, Andrew, can I ask you to chime in on this one? Of course. Okay, so you put this in our in our little outline here. So, what did who who had a hot take about, or did any of us have a hot take about? Kevin so Durant? this stems from the convo that you and I originally started with. 
uh, after Durant had his 48 point uh, game in game five. And then we started a game that extended the series to seven, which they lost. Yes. Play the results. Schwinn. Um <laughs> after that game, we talked about um, where he stands all time. And uh, was, yes, now this was like privately. We talked then you did a pod with Chris who reacted in a way to you saying that he would probably make your top 10. Uh, and he was like, how do you have curry over him? We didn't think anything of it. And then Schwinn said, I need to talk to John about his Kevin Durant takes. So, uh, OK, so now this we're- is, I'm, I'm John and this is Schwinn and Schwinn's going to talk. To <laughs> exactly. Very. I'm just going to be like very level headed, super reasonable. Oh, there's one more part of this. <laughs> then Schwinn invaded one of our Saturday morning green room live streams and he was talking about us. She was that was when he was bad mouthing Australia. No, that was the other time he invaded the. Green oh, room live OK, stream. Sorry, okay. Yeah. because you had to sign off because you were being a family man. And we were spending our Saturdays talking about <laughs> basketball and Schwain. I was like, hey, what do you think is going to happen tonight in game seven? Because it was a day of game seven. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you felt a type of way about how if he loses that, he's not going to get any blame when he should. Yeah, he lost. What, if what his am I shoe size is a foot is an inch smaller or not even just one size smaller. He hits one of the bigger shots in basketball. History. But he didn't. So who I, cares? So you're playing the results. So that's no, what you're doing. I, I'm, I'm playing what matters. Like we can sit here and make hypotheticals for anybody that's played the game of basketball. But ultimately, you judge people on what they do. Like, I, I don't I think the one that drove me fucking bananas when I was listening to that pod was Macri said he's in the same level as Kobe. Kobe, what are we uh, talking about here? Boy, Kobe I'm going to get some, I'm gonna people up. Get some people that's up not that's not even they're not even playing the same sport. They're not even playing the same sport. Kevin Durant is like at the kid table. He's, he's at the kids table. He's so Kobe the best. Bryant. Kevin Durant has never been the best player. He hasn't been the best player on a championship team. Not once in his career. It's never happened. I he may not have been the most important player on. He two wasn't championship the best teams. If you're not the most important, how are you the best? That's like saying Scottie Pippen was like, oh, he was more important than Michael Jordan. No, he wasn't like he wasn't um, better. He wasn't more important. They won a championship before Kevin Durant ran to them to go save his legacy. Like, no. Kevin Durant was I they think were double was a, teaming Steph Curry. And it was a one A one B. I think it was a one A one B. It was it was one A and a distant second somewhere in the galaxy. So, so that's an argument against Kevin Durant, which is that he only won two championships and he won them as arguably the best and maybe the second best player. It, uh, at the at the very least, he was the co best player on both of those teams. He was the best wing player on that team. That's about all I'll give him. And he's only won and he's only won two of the, two titles that way. And he only has one MVP. Um, and he did not win anything this year. And he didn't win anything last year either because he wasn't on the court. But he still isn't. So that should preclude him from being a top ten player. By the way, I said if they won the championship this year, I would move. That yeah, was yeah, my yeah. exact words, I know, Andrew. I know. Okay, but but that wouldn't have, like. It, it wouldn't have done any like, OK, they win a championship the year. How does that automatic? Like, I just don't understand how that automatically vaults him into top 10 all the time, because to me, I don't care what I don't think says. anything's automatic. The, but like those, your comparison is to Kobe. I'm, I'm just bringing up a name that you brought up in that conversation. Kobe would have been in that tier. Kobe had the benefit of riding Shaq's coattails for three. And then and then he was how the many, best. How many three pizza there been in NBA history in the modern era? I want I'm just wondering. I, I believe there have been three. Oh, okay. And does Kevin Durant have any of those? No, he does no. not. Who's the other only? Who's the only other guys that that have those? Michael Jordan. Right? Yes. Okay. Okay. No, I just wanted to make 
make sure we were talking about the same Kobe Bryant here. Uh, Jeremy, I never got your take on this. How do you feel about KD? He's fine. I mean, again, I, I, I'm probably he's closer go to Schwinn. The, he's got to go off the record on this. Yeah, thing. you know, it's, I, I'm more in line with what Schwinn's saying. I think KD, you know, like, yes, even if he wins this championship, he's the best player on this team. And yet at the same time, I think, I think you could even give a, a Harden an argument that he's the oh, best that player was, on this team. That was going to be my propaganda if Harden right. get hurt and they won. Right. Like you had to day. trade for the best player in order for <laughs> Kevin Durant to win again. Yeah. So, you know, I think you could, you could probably sell out as such. But. I'll say this, like I, you want to, you want a real Kevin Durant hot take. Here's my hot take. He, he's never had a higher peak than Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard has a higher peak than Kevin Durant. And that's just a fact to me. Like that's not even a question. Kevin, Kawhi Leonard won a championship with so Kyle, the, 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 Kyle We could agree Kawhi's peak was 2019 with the Raptors. You could say that. You could say it was 2017 when he was Kawhi has up been the aver- Kawhi he has was, been averaging like 30 on like 62 shooting percentage in the playoffs in the, for like for five years. years now. He was giving Durant the business until Zaza, until he got Zaza'd. All right. They were giving him, he was working that, he was working that team. They were up 30 in game one, right? He was crushing them. Like, we'll never know, obviously, what happened because we've seen. You know, teams win game one, and then just remind me. I'm not being facetious. I just I'm literally I literally forget the year before the year that he had the Zaza injury. That uh, what what did this? Do we any of us remember offhand what the Spurs? I did think the they thing? lost. That was they lost. That was, yeah, they lost in the first round to the Clippers. Right. Oh, that and, was the Clippers series. Okay. And that no. was the that was the game. no. Wait, no. The Clippers series was 2015. It right. was 20. The clip. The Spurs lost to the Thunder. The Thunder. Kevin Durant yeah. yep. in the conference yep. semis. Mm-hmm. Then. It, the, in 2016, which oh, then right, led right. to the Durant Russ blowing of a 3 1 lead and game six clay, and yep. then we go to the finals. And the I, rest is- I really okay. appreciate All how right. you phrased that, Andrew. Thank you. You're literally going like <laughs> Kawhi beat Durant this one time. This one no, no, game no, no. What I'm players. saying, what I'm saying is his peak. I'm just that was more of a fun joke. But no, no, so so wait, <laughs> oh, wait, no, no, let's get, let's but let's so then we could argue that his peak started arguably with the Zaza year. Then he had a year which was wiped away because he, he went on a sabbatical. Games. He went on a sabbatical, <laughs> which listen has has to be factored into this conversation. And then he uh, was the best player on a championship team um, that I think had a pretty. Decent playoff run. Um, yeah, I mean they beat they beat Philly, they beat Milwaukee, they beat Golden State. I think that's I don't I, I think that's two fifty a fifty win team, a sixty win and two sixty win teams. Prez, you want to chime in? Do you what, who do you think had the higher peak? Who do you think's wh- wh- where's your where's your take on this? Well, I don't like I I don't like historical historical placement conversations that much because it, it's just boring to me. I, what I'll say is this. What I'll say is like, I think people's instinct. I don't. I think Steph Curry remains underrated. Like, I agree. He, like his peak. Like Kevin Durant wasn't the best player. Kevin Durant was an incredible player. He wasn't yeah, the yeah. best player. Steph Curry was just more incredibler. <laughs> and I like. So like to me, the barometer of like best player on a championship team is a little bit of a crude tool, although I understand why people use it. Cause ultimately like we play, we do this shit to see t- guys lead their teams to victories, right? Not, yes. not be cool in hypotheticals or whatever. And like in, from that perspective, I think it's worth saying like Kevin Durant, like you, like into his legacy, forget rings or whatever, just, or in rankings, just into his legacy. I'm absolutely going to factor in that he never put himself in a position where he had to shoulder 
that kind of load. I'm not saying there's anything I don't personally have like, all right, whatever. He like, he just wants to hoop with it, the people he's cool with and in the organizations he prefers. That's fine. But like that, it is what it is. Like he did what he did. And to have that level of support and have less winning is something I'm going to ding him for a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I will as, real quick. Ahead, the, the, the other thing I just wanted to say is like, just to get into like the Kawhi thing, like this is super boring and unsexy, but like the, that like, if you look behind the, the hood of that Raptors team, like, I think if you ask most people, they'll be like, Oh, Kawhi, like carry them on their back. And he did to some extent, they, like he had an incredible playoff run. Like his stats were off the charts, but like, mm-hmm. You look down the line, it's like Kyle Lowry, max player, Pascal Siakam, now a max player. Yep. Like, like, and then you keep going, like the next three guys, like Fred Van Fleet, oh yeah, $20 million player. Like, yep. like Serge Ibaka could still get $10 million. Like, OG Ananobi, OG Ananobi, $16 million. Yep. Like, Mark that team, Gasol, yeah. That team oh, and was, and who is not on that team, by the way, John? Was there a certain player that we've talked about? Not <laughs> Listen, on that roster. I, as long as we can all agree that the Rosen's, you know, better well, than the Rosen. He built the foundation, right? He did. So His fingerprints <laughs> all over that team, all over that team. They're, they I, won despite not having him. I think just one thing in terms of what Prez is saying, and I agree uh, a lot of Curry not being able to really show what he is or who he is. The big thing with Curry, I feel like he always gets knocked for is his defense. And yet, not the Warriors have consistently yeah. <laughs> been a number one defensive team when he's playing significant minutes. So it just feels like a very weird fake argument to bring or narrative to have against him when he's not holding them back defensively. I, I mean, so like the the thing with Curry is he's, I mean, he's totally revolutionized basketball. Um, yep. And like for me, what, if I'm ranking like top 10 players all time and shit like that, I think stuff like that factors in. Um, and like, I mean, here's the thing with Durant, right? Like you talk about Kobe, you talk about Michael, you talk about these great wing scorers of all time, these great wing playmaking scoring jumbo dudes, right? KD is the only one that has literally played with a hall of fame point guard every single year of his career, other than his first year. Every other year of his career, he's played with the Hall of Fame point guard. Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, and now James Harden. Like, no oh, James, other... James Harden twice, actually. So. Yeah, right. Uh, so, like... That's I, right. <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> it's No other player has had that... that not, no other wing scorer, all-time great wing scorer, has had that benefit. And that's not, like... I don't want to use that to disparage Kevin Durant because as much as I like disparaging Kevin Durant, he is a first battle hall of famer. He is an all time great, but he is like, like when you're talking about the pantheon guys in the history of the NBA, I'm sorry. He does not stack up to me. It does not stack up. Like all these regular season scoring titles and shit. That's great. George Gervin won a bunch of scoring titles too. Are we talking about him in that same? Like we're not like what you do in the playoffs. Ultimately to me, when you're talking about the best players of all time, what you do in the playoffs well, is is the highest bar. So, fine, like, but make, this this year helped him more than it hurt him. But though, why? Like that's my. I, point. I don't think I don't think this year changed that. This year changed anything. Like he showed he could like hold it down, sort of for a team that was really good that was less good because their stars were out. Like I like we knew that already. I think it, I think if anything, the argument is that if we didn't look at this next this Nets team as this like injury plague, like oh what was me, all this bad shit happened to them, and instead we're just like hold on, they have Kevin Durant for all the games, 
they had Kyrie Irving or James Harden for what? All but one of the games? Or did they have one of them for at least one of them for all of them? Um, at least I, one of them for all of them. At least one of them for the all of them. The game after Kyrie got hurt, Harden came back. You got Blake Griffin playing. Like, let's admit, he played pretty well. Um, I despise him more than anybody else on that team, by the way. Me too. And he played pretty well. Yeah. Um, he did. He did. Su- well, I know I don't despise him more than Kyrie. Kyrie's an easy number one for me. Um, <laughs> and, and Schwinn, we all know you despise Spencer Dinwiddie more. So let, who are we kidding? <laughs> but he, didn't, he didn't play. So, who, you know, he so, um, so Blake was okay. Joe Harris, $70 million guy. Um, Bruce Brown, everybody, everybody and their mother loves him. Um, you know, they, uh, the, the immortal Nick Claxton. Um, how could we forget about him? Um, you know, they like, they had a couple other guys. Like it's, it's not like they, like it was still a pretty damn good team. But that's not what they signed up for. They signed no. up for a championship team. And I feel like the whole thing with KD this year was like, it, it really, if you wanted to argue in favor of him, it's a win-win argument. If he wins the title, oh, hey, look, Kevin Durant did this. He went to Brooklyn. He teamed up with his friends and they won. And if a nightmare situation like with what we saw occurred, it's like, well, injuries. Well, they what gave up the do? depth what for more? James Harden. Like, that's it just, that's it why happens. it's just like whatever. Like, it's, right. it's, not, it's not moving the needle for me. Like The stakes uh, was- are so low for him, whereas for someone like James Harden, they're much higher because it's like you were – they traded their entire right. rest of their future – for you. And it's like, yeah, injuries happen. Of course, they're also part of the sport. It's very unfortunate that you were injured, Harden, but like th- that's the situation. And and Kyrie, I don't think Kyrie gives a shit. So we don't really have to give a shit either because it's like, all right, I'm, I enjoy what I do. I play with my best friends. I get to live the life I want and I can retire early if and, I and, want. And, and it's Kyrie, great for them. And Kyrie is like, here's the thing is like Durant is in a different conversation than Kyrie Irving is not in a conversation of like, no, where are we ranking him among the all time great players? James Harden, people like all the, you know, I'm sure if you follow nerd Twitter on an NBA, all those guys want to make James Harden part of that conversation. But people that actually like the sport of basketball know that James Harden is a fucking loser. Um, So not that guy. Yeah. He's not that guy. Uh, (laughs) Kevin Durant is like, I mean, one of the most he's a pantheon guy. He's just yeah. not not the that we, tip of the pantheon, which is inherently a place where you have to draw hard red lines. I, I'm just going to list guys off the top of my head. I think are better than them all the time. All right. Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, Hakeem, Kareem, Will, Russell, Shaq, Duncan. Um, That's 10 right there off the top of my head. Steph, I think is better. Clearly. Did um, Burton magic yet? I didn't do some burning magic. There you go. Two guys. I can't believe I forgot them. That's 14 guys right there. Um, <laughs> can we agree with, can we agree on this? I'm put, if I, I'm going to put Kobe, um, KG, Dirk, Shaq, Duncan in the previous generation of guys. I know obviously Kobe played until whatever. Yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to put him in that, them in that previous generation in this generation. Can we, can we at least agree that it, that the, the conversation is just, it's LeBron Durant, Kawhi, Curry, those are the four in that conversation. And then we take a step down to the Hardens and everybody else. We're talking about what's the conversation? The, like the best uh, players of this like this, current era. This, yes, unquote. this current era. I mean, to, there, me, is, to me, the conversation, like if we're real, like if we were ranking these guys, I would be like LeBron is in his own tier. He gets his own yeah, area. Steph That's is fine. in his own tier. And then it's like Durant and Kawhi are in their the same tier for me. That's for me. Like I, okay. I know that like I, if you really love regular season stuff, um, okay. Like I can understand why you put Durant over Kawhi 
or whatever, or you want to put him in the same conversation as Steph, and that's fine for me. And like Prez knows this because we've talked about this a bunch. Like, I, I the regular season is all great and dandy. Um, like when I want to praise RJ Barrett, I'm going to use the regular season stats. Um, but like when you're to me, when you're ranking a, you're talking about all time great NBA players. I don't give a shit about that. It's like I don't care about. Your regular season, those that's window dressing. What? That's all window dressing. To me, it's like, what did you do in the playoffs? And that's why, like, like Chris Paul made the motherfucking finals, and everybody's like, oh, he's better than Isaiah Thomas ever was. And it's like, what are we talking about here? Chris Paul made one NBA finals, and now he's, you know, the third best point guard ever? No. Give that's, me a it. Break. that's actually, that's a name that we didn't. Uh, Jeremy, you, you, you want to chime in on this before we get out of here? Yeah, I agree in, with what Schwinn's saying in terms of it playoffs over everything. Like, we can look at Kawhi Leonard and the fact that he misses pretty much 20 games a year due to injury and load management. And you know what? Obviously this season he hurt his ACL, but based on how he was looking, that's why you load him up. You make sure that when it matters the most, you're able to have someone like him do that. And I feel like with and the, Brooklyn did that with KD this year to their credit to. too. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Of course, As what they, they did have, differently right. yeah. was yeah, that they then depleted a lot of their depth. And I agree, you know, star talent is going to win out against quantity. I'll take quality over quantity nine times out of 10. And the one time I won't take it is when you're left like with your stars and then everyone else. Whereas like, yes, everyone on the Clippers elevated their games. Whereas in the nets, it felt like that did not happen. But the Clippers also, I mean, part of it is they didn't have the assets to make another big move, but they had enough guys on large contracts and small to make it work and build something around Paul George. It's just like, do they still step up if Kawhi is healthy? I think if we're looking at how the first two series were starting to go, and then you're two to, right? Wasn't it two to two when Kawhi got hurt? And that, right, like that sort of philosophy, if you're able to keep Kawhi healthy, what does that say about the next series? Are we talking about Chris Paul in the finals and this idea of him being better than Zeke is even in the conversation? No, because it's like Chris Paul and the Suns lost. It was a nice story, but that's not the case. Kawhi yeah. is healthy. He has the best team around him. He's incredible. And then he kind of cements himself with KD. Didn't happen. So we don't have to say any of that. But still, the idea of how they work together in the playoffs, I think, matters quite a bit. And Durant, you know, he didn't – it's not like he, he really – could have avoided major injury based on what was going on, but he missed an entire season. And then he used this year to like, you know, it was a classic as a Yankees fan. I know Prez will agree with this and Schwinn to a lesser extent, because he doesn't really care about the Yankees as much, <laughs> but every year the Yankees have been like, all right, it doesn't really matter what we do. As long as we're healthy by October, it's fine. Right. We don't need to make a big uh, trade at the deadline because we're getting our guys back in September and they'll be ready. And that's the same thing. And it never is. And especially not this year when they suck ass. So the thing here is like, you, you need to have some sort of consistency. You can't just be like, everyone's healthy. Let's go. It doesn't work that way. And that impacts the stars that you play with and that you roster because if they're not communicating, then it's hard for them to do anything at that point. Well said. All right. Um, Schwinn, Prez, any last thoughts? Um, one thing I'll say about uh, Isaiah Thomas, which I hate praising him. Um, but like, if you look at his, he's one of the few players in NBA history who's, efficiency and production improve in the playoffs, like huh? genuinely improve for a star. That's exceedingly rare. Um, also Kawhi Leonard is another guy whose efficiency in the playoffs is like out of this world. It's, it's actually better. 
in the playoffs than it is in the regular season for his career. Um, and even more so in recent years. So it's, it's ridiculous. And Kevin Durant can't say that. So fuck him and fuck Brooklyn. <laughs> Prez, final word from you. I'm very much, I don't, I do obviously value the playoffs more than the regular season, but I'm also much more than Jeremy and Schwinn, a, the journey matters kind of dude. Um, you. Because to me, like, I've, I've joked about this a bunch, but like, y'all know, I like players who can break ankles, right? Like, that's my thing. I enjoy watching Jamal Crawford. I preferred it when he wasn't on the Knicks, but like, I enjoyed watching him on the Knicks too. So like, I, there's a lot of parts about watching basketball that are part of the regular season and not part of the playoffs that I enjoy. And I think certain players can lend themselves to that by being entertaining. And Kevin Durant does that in the regular season. He does that in the playoffs, just not quite as much as someone like Kawhi. So like, while I totally agree that, you know, I, based on the playoff stuff, I give Kawhi the little edge, but like, like to me, Kevin Durant, he's still in the Pantheon. He's just closer to the front door than the the last chamber. You know what I mean? (laughs) I I'm, I like it. Uh, all right, this is this guy is a, a, a successful ever episode of everybody craps on Macri. Um, these are my favorite <laughs> episodes. Um, as always, um, you can. Uh, I, we have time for a very quick plug. Uh, uh, Prez, just uh, plug yourself real quick. Um, new draft Strickland coming out. It's going to be a two parter. We got two great guests this week, and we talk about Trey Mann, who we talked about today a whole lot, among a few other players. So. Keep a look out for that. Good stuff. Schwinn, plug. Uh, uh, just listen to uh, Prez's draft pod, and um, you'll actually learn stuff. Uh, if you want to just listen to somebody yell a lot, check out Pod Strickland, and you'll hear me yell a bunch. Um, definitely check out last week's uh, Friday pod before the weekend um, if you want to hear me yell a bunch. It's good yelling. Uh, Jeremy, last but not least. Uh, since Schwinn is embarrassed to talk about anything we collaborate on outside of this pod, we do have a mailbag that will be out special guests. That'll be fun. But yeah, uh, as a KFS and Strickland member, I'm going to plug everything that these two entities do. So let's do it. Giddy up. Giddy up indeed. Thank you everybody for checking out another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. We'll be back with you with more fun and games and yelling and screaming uh, before you know it.